Hi everyone, welcome to episode three of Talking Trikes. I here with Carl, um, and later in the show we'll have a special guest joining us. But firstly, the devastating news: no more AHPB Super Series for this year. What what happened, Carl? What what went down this week? Uh, it's pretty it's pretty devastating, wasn't it, Darcy? Like uh, the news was that the season has been cancelled. Uh, we know that. You know what's happening with COVID and Victoria, the outbreak. We totally understand, although we are devastated. Uh, but I guess it's going to be a long, you know, long year without pedal pre. So, how how are you coping? Like, what were your initial reactions after the news? Yeah, well, I was out. I was out riding, and I just sort of pulled over to have like a quick break before making the rest of the journey home. And I saw it, and it just hit me like a, a train, man. I was like, when your life is so much focused around this awesome sport, as soon as even one race was cancelled, it just hurts. Like, it, it felt weird. Um, and then such a big gap. Like, I can't even take summer without being in a truck, let alone almost an entire year. Um, yeah. So it hurt. It really did hurt. I'm not going to lie. I think it's, it's going to be hard. But um, trying to find goals to push myself is really difficult now as you don't have anything to well, really put your mind to. Um, but it is what it is, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's I, and I think that's quite important, uh, for, especially, you know, you think of the kids that are missing out and, and it's their last opportunity. I think it's really important this year that, you know, maybe we can come up with something, some challenges or get something happening on the side that uh, is still going to be okay for us to do publicly. Um, but something to still involve those students um, and just get something happening, you know, in the next few months just to keep everyone involved and, and still eager to race because it's really important that these, you know, students continue on and, and continue going to sport in those, you know, community uh, fields and um, keep growing yeah. the sport. Yeah, I think that the biggest losers out of this will be year 12 this year. Um, firstly, they're all working so hard to get to peak at this point for it to all be just flushed down the drain. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people that have really put their heart and soul out. They're, they're not like have an act. They don't have an athletic background, but they, they put all their time and effort into pedal pre because it's something they love and this is really going to hurt them. So I, I like what you say about running something. It's, it's important to let these guys know that this is their last year. And I think, having maybe some mini events, the Corona cup or something, something like that um, to really get them out on the track and just almost live their last, their last moments as a student, because I know personally, you know, personally, once it's gone, you can't have it back. You can't have it back. And it's the reality of the sport. Once you're out of S3, you're in the big league um, mm. and you're in the big league for the rest of your life. So. Yeah, and that, that can be sometimes hard to get into. There's not always a team or a position for you to, to ride. So, you know, it might be the, some of the bigger teams, some of the big community teams, you know, offering to run that extra team um, or extra position or something where these riders still get a chance to, you know, have that little platform stepping up, as you call it, into the big league mm. because, you know, they might not get that opportunity again. So I think it's quite important. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens in the future. I think a lot of teams will put their hands up and they'll want to push this, especially school teams. If, if, if you've got big teams 
like Bendigo Senior or Nord Morada, I think they'll really want to step up and firstly give their riders an opportunity to ride. Um, that's the main thing. That's what we're all here to do is ride the trikes. Um, yeah. And so we'll just, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, hopefully something can happen. Um, Cause yeah. really do it, for them. it's not necessarily all about like the riders that are missing out. You know, there's, there's plenty of, like organizers and committee and you know all the IAPP uh people that would be devastated with this you know it's probably something that they look forward to as much as the riders do so it's devastating news and i think that we just got to get behind everyone and just try and listen to spirits and, and look forward to the future when when it can resume and and i'll be really looking forward to that first race whenever whenever it might be i'll be there that's, I think everyone will be there, man. It's going to be so many happy faces there when it comes back. But I think this can open the door to maybe some new, some almost new styles of racing. Like we've seen the um, sprint demonstration laps at Victoria Park during round four. I think emulating some track, some track events, like some pursuit races will be really cool and really, really short races. I think um, yeah. they can be almost that can be created and done during this time uh, without getting too many spectators involved. So I think it's going to open the door for a lot of mini events that may grow into bigger ones. Um, but as long as the action is taken now to get out on the track, just for small events, just for mini meetups, I think that's the main thing. So, all right. So Carl, do you know who we have on the channel today? Who's our guest? Yeah. So today, I actually, I actually don't know this person that well. Um, obviously, spoken to many times and always see at every race and does an amazing job for the sport. And I'm really excited to have him on tonight. So who have we got on, Darcy? All right. So you may know that all I have to say is pink trike. And generally, that'll nail it down to one person. So on the show today, we have Jeff Wood from G-Trikes. Jeff has a huge history in the in the sport in building trikes and it's just getting more and more popular so we'll welcome him to the show so everyone this is jeff wood um if i said pink trike you'd know him he's the creator of g trikes um and is well known in the sport uh welcome to the show jeff uh thanks guy thanks for having me here no worries it's great having you here man so i think to get started we'd really love just a little quick introduction of how you got into the sport and why you chose to be as involved as you are now, man. Yeah, well, uh, basically, I've been involved for 17 years now. Um, started in 2004, just uh, racing with school. And uh, after a few years, when I um, finished up school, I decided to start my own team. And um, we bought a bike. And then after a while, I started to build bikes. And, um, you know, it just, it just kept on rolling. And we were selling our old bikes. And then all of a sudden, I'm quitting my job. And doing this full time and yeah here we are uh yeah 17 years later yeah wow it's that's way longer than almost i've been born how about yeah. you Carl? Yeah. how does that line up <laughs> yeah no that, that's very 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 cool um i like the fact that you're able to sell off the old bike so they're still obviously rideable they're not too broken or anything like that and that's cool yeah no our guys seem to uh look after the bikes pretty good and you know we um we haven't thrown any out before, so we're not too bad. So. <laughs> That's great. So, I think the big question is: is as a manufacturer, how are you doing, man? During this COVID nineteen, it's hit 
all types of people differently. Um, but what's your, what, what's, how have you been man through this? Yeah, no, like, um, personally with work, like I, um, I'd, I'd moved to Ballarat last year. Um, my wife, I just got married right before, um, this all hit. So my wife's working in Mount Gambier. So we've relocated back here, uh, to be closer to her work. Um, so that's been a bit of a challenge to, to juggle, but um, you know, it's, it's been all right. It's been manageable. Um, and, you know, we've been really lucky. We've got a great group of um, customers that have been um, supporting us and, you know, we've been still busy um, building bikes and sending them out the door. So, uh, and we're still getting orders now. So I think people can see that, uh, you know, it's pretty tough at the moment, but that, you know, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll go back racing one day soon and, um, you know, people are still getting ready for that. Yeah, man, that's really positive to hear. Um, I think a lot of people would have thought you guys would have been hurting, but it seems that you're doing pretty well in the situation. Um, but yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, no, we've been we've been really lucky. Um, you know, I, I think people are, you know, pe- people had their budgets already for the year, and you know they've you know been committed to it, and you know we've we've got some really good customers that are sticking by so um you know we really really appreciate everyone that's um you know i guess really investing in the sport and that and that's you know investing in their future as well so yeah, yeah. that's really what cool what sort man. of turnover from from say like starting a bike to finished product like how long roughly would that take to to complete um no, normally it's about once you get on the bike, actually start working on the bike, it depends. Normally we look at sort of two to four weeks by the time you, you know, water stuff in, work on it, get it powder coated and bring it all together. Um, and then it just really depends on, you know, how much we've got on order. Um, you know, obviously at the moment, everything's sort of blowing out a fair bit because, you know, we're, we're struggling to get materials, but, um, you know, we're, we've been working on supply chain issues and, you know, we seem to be on top of it now. So hopefully we can catch up and, um, you know, Keep the keep the bikes rolling out the door. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose you've got a bit more time now before any races to have the bikes ready. But no, it sounds like you're doing pretty well. Yeah, like it's uh, you know obviously we've got a lot of weekends free now, which we uh, you know didn't have before. Um, so that that's been good. We've, you know, we've we've actually probably got more orders than we've um, ever had before. So having a little bit of extra time up our sleeve to um, get them done has been helpful. And then you know um. You know, obviously, like supply chain issues and you know moving freight around's been a little bit more difficult, but um, you know we like a challenge and uh, you know we're making it happen. Yeah, no, that's really good, man. Cool. So we will take a quick break from that. That was really good, Jeff. Um, man, you, you're doing a lot better than I thought. Uh, that's oh. for sure. Thanks, mate. I've had, I've had a bit of practice. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you're doing better than my bike shop. That's for sure. We have no bikes left. It sucks. <laughs> I, I have heard that, uh, yeah, everyone's, um, yeah, struggling to get bikes on the floor. Yeah, that's, um, have been talking to Ben Perry and such. Yeah, I am. Um, and obviously, like, I've got accounts with, like, you know, bike sports and all that, and I get emails every day to say that they can't supply and mm. their supply chain's held up, and it's just, it's definitely frustrating, but, uh, you know, like, everyone's trying to do the best they can. So, Loxton 2019. I showed up and all of a sudden there's this new stupid aerodynamic matrix or matrix pro. In fact, can you tell us a bit about that vehicle, Jeff, and how that came to fruition? Yeah. So that was uh, actually quite a long process to get ready for that. The, 
the, the final build happened quite quickly. Um, but we'd spent, we'd spent sort of 18, 18 months probably developing or sort of like doing a lot of testing and development. Like we, um, you know, the year before we'd build a carbon chassis, um, and we tried out a few different other frame designs and then we, uh, had a play around with suspension and, you know, we, we did a fair bit of aero testing and, um, you know, we sort of got to the point where we were ready to um, do some cutting and shutting. And so we, um, you know, the start of April, it was, it was literally, we got home from Mount Gambia um, and uh, yeah, we just, we put out a fiberglass body out of the mold and started cutting. And uh, yeah, six weeks later, we turned up at Loxton, with uh, very little sleep and a new bike ready to go. So, um, you know, that, that process happened pretty quick. Uh, it was pretty, pretty full on. A lot of the guys were involved. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was the result of lots of development and testing leading up to that. And, you know, we, we sort of worked out what we wanted to change and, you know, um, you know where, where we could make some improvements and, you know, just got to it. Yeah, yeah. But have you have you got any numbers on that really show how much better it is? Um, that really show oh, I... how much more error and how much faster it is? Because on the track, it's way faster. That's for sure. But, yeah. Um... So yeah. So in terms of the actual size, um, I guess that's probably a, is a key point. Um, we took about forty mil out of the width and uh, almost ninety mil out of the ninety mil out of the um, the overall height. Wow. That's so, nice. um, yeah, so that was, that was a, um, a pretty big uh, achievement. We thought to do that. And we actually, um, added 10 mil of the track width as well. So I think, um, you know, we were able to do that, you know, the rules, the rules have allowed us to go for wider track and smaller turning circles. So, mm. um, you know, we could, we could maximize the body a bit more. Um, so we, we reckon that we reduce the frontal area by about 20%. Wow. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah, so that was that was pretty insane. Um, I think uh, if you, if you look at the grid at Loxton last year, we actually had the smallest bike on the track, mm. um, and then as well, we can still fit sort of six foot four, six foot five guys into it. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty happy with that. And then you know, obviously, um, you know, that reduced loan frontal area surface area gives us a a pretty um pretty good improvement in terms of um you know aero efficiency and. Um, you know, we also made a few other tweaks and, you know, drive line efficiency, stiffer and, and more comfort, uh, comfortable as well. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. It sounds like you've got a lot more uh, improvement to make out of the bike. I know, I know, you know, out of experience that, you know, you get a new bike or a, or a new design and it takes a bit of racing just to really fine tune it. Did you think this year, like you were going to make another leap um, with pace on the track and results and stuff like that? You were obviously looking forward to that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's always a bit of a risk bringing out a new bike. You've got those little things that you don't um, have fine-tuned. And, you know, pro- probably last year we were still doing development right up to the end of the year. Um, I think we started to get our package together pretty good by the time we got to Murray Bridge. You know, we put the bike on pole. Um, so, you know, I think that this year would have been like a really good show of, where the bike's actually at, you know, we've, um, yeah, we're really happy, you know, so um, even after Murray Bridge last year, sorry, we, we built a new bike for Mary Barra for a customer and, you know, it sort of really, really um, nailed the package we thought and, uh, you know, yeah, we can't wait to get on the track and, um, you know, really show it off. 
Mm. Yeah, I saw that for sure. Was that a Ballarat Highs bike? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, they, they did pretty good. They won um, C-Class at Maryborough and, you know, um, Sam Dutley started the race and uh, sort of dominated the HPV. So that, that was really good to see. He, um, you know, showed it off pretty good and had some stiff competition and, uh, yeah, put some laps into him. Yeah, well, um, I think being there, just seeing him that this is just a HPV. This isn't an EV or anything, but he actually got technically disqualified because he was doing over the speed limit in a HPV, which is some stuff that the sport has never heard of. So that must be one of the most coolest things to see as a manufacturer that you're literally pushing this human human movement to beyond levels that the almost the organization would even think possible. Uh, I think that's true. Like I, I don't think they ever anticipated that someone would be able to do 60 Ks an hour at Maribor in a HPV. Um, and you know, like, like Sam was aware that uh, he had to stick under 60 and so he wasn't even pushing it. So he reckons there's probably another couple of seconds in it still. That's um, if he didn't have to stay under 60. So yeah, that is crazy. That's pretty good. That's fast. Yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty it's ridiculous. Isn't it really? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the technologies I've seen and I've got to try is the shocks. I know I've only seen it in G trikes thus far. What, what's the reasoning behind it? Um, what's, have you seen major gain from them at all? Um, yeah, so obviously we, we've done a lot of testing with suspension uh, in the last 18, 18 months. Um, and, you know, we've, we've had some really good results with it. Um, it still requires a bit of um, testing and tuning and understanding to fully optimize it. But um, yeah, we've definitely seen an improvement. Um, you know, it, it helps with the cornering and, um, you know, and you can build a, a stiffer bike, but not, um, um, you know, be, be shaken apart. Like we, we built a carbon chassis the year before and um, that was just too stiff. Like it's, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a beast and like still really quick, but um, you know, we, we found that, um, Know, a bit of compliance in the chassis was was needed um other manufacturers talk about it all the time and uh you know we tried to bring that all together into into one one package so you know it obviously yeah. um got some pretty insane cornering speeds out of it when it's uh dialed in and you know it really improves the tire life too so yeah i think it's got the stage now with the racing where i know with in previous teams that i've raced with the last few years we'd go to we'd go to a certain track or a certain race and say we want the bike to run this way today or we want the conditions are wet so we want you know it to run this way and i think i think racing's nearly at that point um at the at the top end where you need your bike to be running a certain way in order to win like it's getting really close um and that would be really cool if you could say you know change your i don't know like your movement in in the front end or or how much give it is or how stiff the bike is or how much weight's in the bike I remember back in, I think it was 2016 at Murray Bridge with Aurora. It might have been 15, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but we actually added like weight to the bike because it was wet at the start of the race. So we're adding weight to a bike. And I don't know yeah. about you, that's, I'm never okay with that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's it. You know, like, um, like you said, the, the field's like so tight and, you know, you're really trying to chase those those milliseconds around the track now over 24 hours. And, um, you know, like, like you said, like you compare Murray Bridge to Wonthaggy to Casey to Adelaide to Locks and like, they're all 
they're all completely different beasts and you know i'm not really sure that one size fits all anymore mm, that's for sure i think yeah well looking i got to try the uh, shocks at energy breakthrough and that was my first and last energy breakthrough and what a vehicle to be in i've I've never gone so fast around a corner yet felt so confident. I think you got to a point where the wheels got scared of going around that corner because <laughs> it was just hitting it so hard. But that's definitely, have you, when you were testing the shocks, did you feel there was some tracks that it performed better at as compared to other ones? Um, when we were doing the testing before we raced it, we, we weren't really sure. Um, I think once we put onto the track, yeah, we've definitely noticed that, mm. um, you know, some tracks you, you get a better benefit um, and some tracks, you know, sort of touching on what Kyle said before, if it's not set up properly, then you, you really struggle. But um, yeah, def- it definitely um, becomes a bit more temperamental, but uh, you know, look, it's, we, we've collected a whole heap of data and really been able to, to fine tune it and get a good baseline for most tracks now. Yeah, yeah. Which track was the best performance you've seen it at? Um, I reckon probably Mount Gambia, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, Sam, Sam, once again, Sam put in a, an absolutely epic stint. Uh, you know, we um, had, had Mount Gambia and did a really good stint. Um, you know, we've, we've done some testing with it at Casey and it didn't quite perform as well at Casey, so... Mm. You know, and then you get it to Mary Bar and it's absolutely on point. So, yeah. Let's All right, it. so everyone, this is going to be rapid fire questions with Jeff Wood from G Trikes. Right, Jeff, what is your favorite track? Montaggy. Montaggy. Yeah. All right, next question. Other than a G Trikes, what is your favorite looking trike from last season? Oh, I really, I really got to like the water bikes. They're, uh, that they're pretty well put together, I think, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is your favourite trike to produce? Ooh, uh, Matrix Pro. Really, really nice build. Easy. Goes together pretty well. All right. So you're winning a 24-hour race and you get the opportunity to go to sleep at night. Are you going to go to sleep or are you going <laughs> to do it all nighter? Uh, every time I go to sleep, we seem to things go wrong so i'm gonna have to go pass all nighter it is someone's gonna have to drive me home tomorrow (laughs) all right which 24-hour race do you like the most do you like energy breakthrough maryborough murray bridge or one thaggy oh all three are pretty darn good um murray bridge is my favorite murray bridge the iconic yeah yeah all right, and uh, my last question is, would you rather pole position in a race or fastest lap during oh, the race? Oh, oh. Um, we did pole last year, so I'm going to have to go fastest lap. Yeah, nice. Haven't done that yet at, uh, at Murray Bridge. Okay, I think I'm all out, man. That was awesome. You were just on point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, try me best. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carl, when... When you started, well, in sort of the mid-2010 time, do you remember Phantom Racing with Tim Corbett? I do, yeah. Absolutely. So, Jeff, what, what happened to Phantom? Can, can you just help me just know what happened to Phantom? Phantom, well, I guess from, are we talking about the team or the bike? The bike. The bike, okay. Um, 
uh, well, somehow here and there it ended up in my shed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had a really good chance to, to buy the bike from Tim and, uh, you know, work with Tim to, to learn and, uh, you know, that was really good. Um, did a lot of testing and, uh, with it. And then, um, a young Ben Perry from, uh, D town racing asked me what I was going to do with it. And I said, oh, I don't know. I said, cause it's just sitting in my shed. And he said, uh, how about, um, and, and by this stage of the fairing was, you know, eight years old and, uh, you know, a bit, bit, how you doing? And, um, he said to me, can we cut it out and put in a matrix pro? And I said, no, <laughs> I'm like, that's not going to work. It's not going to fit. And Ben said, I want it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we, we, we took it out of the, um, the old JT body. And I said to him, I said, oh, I said, if, it, if it's not going to fit, we're going to stop. I said, we'll start. If we get to a point, it doesn't fit. We'll stop. Um, and then there was just roadblock after roadblock. And I forgot that I said we'd stop. And next minute, uh, <laughs> it's in a, it's in a, in a, uh, matrix pro fairing ready to uh, go to Lang Lang. So. <laughs> um, there was a bit of cutting and shutting and, you know, we had to cut the cross member and, uh, you know, cut the, uh, the pro body a little bit to fit it in, but, uh, yeah, we got it in and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's quite a good package and, you know, obviously they, they did pretty well with it at Lang Lang. Yeah. I, I got to try it, um, last year in the old JT. That was one long bike. How the hell did you guys fit it in a matrix pro? Um, yeah, I don't really know to be honest. Um, I, I think I, I think uh, because it's got the twenty-inch wheel, we could push it further back in the fairing, um, and then because it was so long, then the guys could lay back a bit to get us a head clearance. And um, yeah, it, it just seemed to fit. I was a bit surprised and a bit skeptical. I was I was worried we were going to have to cut the boom off and shorten it, but um, you know it actually worked out pretty well. And you know. Uh, Aaron Tentley Bobbles, he fits in it and he's not a short guy, so... Wow, he's massive. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he fits in quite nicely, so... Yeah, that's that's a cool story about, you know, obviously uh, an excellent trike and being able to, like, reuse it. And I think that would be fantastic for, you know, future teams, future community teams to be able to use, like, older resources that or older bikes that are still, you know really quick and just be able to enjoy the sport and have fun and, and maybe that's something that we can we can get going you know next year yeah i think that's a good point you know like um i think this sport has a bit of waste to it you know um bikes mm. get get turned over and you know fairings get thrown out but um you know like look that that bike's uh 11 years old now and and i'm pretty certain if you put that phantom team in it this year and you know from that year they could you know they could win murray bridge you know because you know like um you know tim did a fantastic job and you know, 11 years old and, and still super competitive. So, yeah, I think you're right that, uh, you know, you know, we could um, keep racing older stuff a bit longer. All right, Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on episode three for Talking Trikes. Uh, it sounds like you're doing pretty well there. Got lots of development with G-Trikes and I can't wait to see them back out on the track in the near future. Darcy, what have we got on for next week? Yep, so next week we're going to have another special guest. Um, and I think we're going to talk a lot more about the avenues of maybe some mini events to run as such and what the goals are going to be for 2021 because although it's a long way away, it's not that far away. So thanks for having us, Jeff. And thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. 
No worries. So we'll see you next week for Talking Trikes episode four. Bye for now.